Welcome to the Objective Secure Podcast. My name's Mike, and... I'm, I'm Lachlan. Hi. Our special guest co-presenter today is Lachlan, and this is episode 104. They're squats, damn it. <laughs> we're going to be talking Leagues of Votan for this special episode, and much like the last one that Lachlan joined me on, we're going to do it in one big take, no edits, no cuts. It's going to be very cool. Um, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I will give you credit, bud. There were a number of our listeners who got in touch and said they really enjoyed having you on, because... It was really nice to hear, um, we made a good, the, the grizzled veteran versus the um, positive newbie. So it was a good, good contrast, apparently. Um, we are going to be talking Leagues of Votan, and we're going to get the disclaimer out the way at the start of it here. We have to thank Games Workshop for supplying us one of the Leagues of Votan army boxes for us to review. Yep, very cool. So thank you very much to them. Um, now that we've done the required um, disclosures... We're gonna not gonna do what Goonhammer and Art of War and those those guys done and talk about power levels and all the rest of it. What we're gonna do is first we're gonna talk about what we got in the box and the models, and then we're gonna talk a little bit how there's there's definitely cause for concern with the rules that are presented in this book, but it might not be the sky is falling as badly as predicted. And we're also going to present some ideas for fixing some of those potential issues. Because a lot of places have sort of presented it as if it's going to be like the end of the world or the boogeyman, which based on what we've seen, it doesn't really look like that, but there's some... Like I, sa- like I said to you off air, the maths in one way doesn't lie, but at the same time it does present a skewed um, a skewed finish. Yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of what I was getting at, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, the first thing we're going to do though is talk about the box. Um, I'm sure you guys, by the time you hear this, will have seen it floating around. Um, the box itself is really pretty. The box art is awesome. All the box art is actually in the codex, which is presented to you in the, the box. Um, I know I got a set of cards here somewhere. I wonder the where they went. Cards. 
So I, they must still be in the box. Oh well, <laughs> you do you do get the limited edition codex. Very cool. The box I'd say is similar in size to around similar to the Black Templars one and what you get. I'd say. What's more interesting for me is it's actually gone up in price. This is like this is over three hundred dollars. This box. How much was the Black Templars one? Two ninety, I think it was. Uh, what about the Chaos Knights one? That was th- the same price. That was I think three thirty five here in Australia. I think this is the same price. Mm. You are also getting a full set of judgment tokens. Which is very cool because I've heard some chatter online about, oh, what are we going to use as judgment tokens? What yeah, they, they do come with the box. Um, whether or not they're going to come with the codex, I know that with the Gene Stealer Cult, you got the, you like, got the blips and that yeah. sort of stuff. So I would assume it's going to be packed the same way. Um, you also then got sprues for the Hearthkin Warriors, two sprues of 10. Um, yep. You got the Pioneers, the bikes. You got the Carl Sprue, which can also be made into Ul- Ulthar the Destined, I think his name is. Um, that sounds right. It's... Um, and then you also got the Einria en- Champion, or however you want to say it. <laughs> um, I've built all those kits, and I'm sort of in the process now of starting to paint them. Um, I wanted to talk very quickly about some of the sprues themselves. Mm. I'm going to start with the niceties of what comes in the sprues, the things I liked. And then there's a couple of little niggles that just mm. would make my life a little bit easier. Um, we'll start with the champion in his giant suit of exo armor. I think there's two alternate heads and then there's the axe and the hammer, which is great because it's an all-in-one thing. You also get two different crests and two different shields that go on the back of his bolt gauntlet. They're like runic designs and... It's very hard to tell which way is up because they can go on either way. Yeah. But so they, you, they look cool up or down, so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, I'd say. No, exactly. He does come on a uh, tactical rock. Very cool. I'm a, I'm um, a big fan of the tactical rocks. He's, <laughs> he's not. Um, I've actually seen someone, they published it on Warhammer Community, where they um, didn't, well, they put him on the tactical rock but rotated it 180 degrees like he's walking up the rock rather than leaping off of it. So I think I'll do that if I get a second champion. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a cool idea, actually. Because um, we've, we've got the models here in front of us. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the Carl comes with three different heads. You get the Ulthar, the Destined head. Yeah. Then you get a generic Carl head. And then you get uh, like a helmeted, sculpted, dwarven-style helmet. Sort of like the, the Age of Sigma. What are they called? The Sigma. Stormcast. Not the Stormcast. They are the, the dwarves. Uh, the overlords. Yeah, how they got like the metal beard. Yeah. 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 You also then get a sword, an axe, or the concussion gauntlet for his combat weapon. It's called a concussion gauntlet? Yes. I believe that's what it's called. You might want to look at that. Uh, and then you also get the two different guns he's got available to him as well, which is the bolt and the... I think it's a disintegrator. I'm um, pulling up the data sheet now. To see what... So you do get all the options there where you can build... Uh, generic Carl, or you can build the the named character, which is nice. It means having two of this model isn't going to be the death of you because you can build a couple of different combinations. You can only have one Carl per detachment, though, so you probably won't ever need more than two. Um, he again comes on a V-shaped tactical rock, um, and I think that you'll see players put him on the ground and sort of half stood on things. How'd you go? It is a mass gauntlet and a Vulcanite disintegrator. Oh, there we go. I'm not sure where you got concussion from. No, there's an, there is another weapon, whether it's a concussion hammer or maybe it's a relic called a concussion fist. I'll have a quick look through. There is something. Anyway, 
Um, oh, I, yep. On the Hearthkin, they can take a concussion gauntlet. That's there there we go. I knew it was yep. something. I knew there was a concussion gauntlet somewhere. There we go. Uh, I took the helmeted sculpted head from the Carl and put it on the champion because I didn't want a bare head on a suit of exo armor. I wanted a sort of a cool sculpted helmet because unfortunately I'd actually hoped to give him one of the dome helmets. But those didn't fit on Those the... don't fit the champion. Clearly the domed helmets for the exosuits are a different... Um, they fit differently because of the shape mm. of the neck. The Carl, on the other hand, I was pleasantly surprised to discover that the helmets from the standard Hearthkin actually do fit. So you can give him one of the cool domed helmets. Yeah, like so... The open visor domed helmet. Yeah, so my one... Uh, I built with the Fist and the Vulcanite. And then I actually used one of the half-open helmets so that... Um, He's sort of looking down the, the pointing fist. It's a very um, cool model, actually, looking at it. I'm a big fan of the pose. Like, again, with the tactical rock, I know that some people aren't the biggest fan of those, but I I personally really like them, yeah. He's um he's kind of cool. Right, he's built him with the disintegrator, I see. Yeah. You also do get a, cho- a choice of a couple of different crests as well, but I really liked the traverse crest for this guy rather than the... The, like, the forward one. Yeah. While we're talking about the, the heads on the models, I think a cool thing that we can say is with the, the hearth the hearthkin, uh, that you can make them iron kin. Yes. So moving on to the hearthkin, good segue. Yeah, very cool. Um, you do get the full two full squads of ten. You also do get every single upgrade available every on the data sheet. Every in the box, including ion, ion guns instead of the bolt rifles. Yes, so you do get ten bolt guns, bolt rifles, whatever they're called. 10 ion um, rifles. You do then get the missile launcher, the plasma gun, the high-yield LAS, and the rail rifle. You get the medic parts, you get the scanner parts, you get um, all the combat weapon options for the sergeant. You also get enough heads that you can either do the whole squad helmeted or unhelmeted. And you get extra unhelmeted heads, and you get a bunch of heads that are half-helmeted, like the visor's been opened. And you even get a couple of ironkin heads as well. So they give you a sh- sh- a lot, a lot of <laughs> nice save, <laughs> uh, a lot of spare parts for this kit. Um, they actually go together pretty straightforward. I built the first ten just following the instructions. I tend to when you get lots of these sorts of kits, I tend to build the first lot just following the yeah you know the number sequence, and then when I built the second lot, I built all the torsos. And then wanted to see if the arms would crisscross between the bodies, which they do. That's what, that's what I was getting at. It's it's all mostly interchangeable, if not completely interchangeable, right? Yeah, so all the heads will fit all the bodies, and all the arms, as long as you keep the arms in pairs, will fit all the bodies. Yeah. You also do get a whole bunch of different backpacks. Like, um, I've got a couple of them that are carrying, like, um, like stowage, like extra rations and, like, a, um, like, surveying gear and that sort of stuff. You can also add extra parts to their backpacks. You do get a whole bunch of little sort of hanging on parts to their torsos. Like rucksacks, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, sleeping bags, a whole bunch of stuff yeah. to kind of show them as pioneers, which is really cool. Like mining gear, that's some of the stuff you can start yeah. to. Like pickaxes, axes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and if you're like me, I built all of mine with helmets, so I don't have to paint their faces, except for the sergeants, which I got an open visored one, because I feel like being masochist and actually trying to paint eyes inside an open helmet is just going to be fun. <clears throat> so. I feel like I can't judge you for that one too much, as I do put as many unhelmeted Chaos Space Marines in my army as I possibly can. 
Uh, and then from there, we move on to the, the Pioneers, the bikes. These were a frustrating kit. There are a lot of parts in this kit. Again, you do get the full sprue. The full sprue of three includes both heavy weapon options. It includes an options for every rider to either have a shotgun or a pistol, which they're both they're on with both, so it doesn't really matter which you choose to build. Yeah. So you like get a bunch of spare heads, no helmets, but you do get male and female heads, and I should point that out. You do get male and female heads for the Hearthkin mm. and the Pioneers. So every every options in the box. Yep. That's on the data sheet. Yep, yeah, again, um, you also get the searchlight bar, you get the scanner, you get the ore specs, you get all those bits and pieces. Um, they don't tell you which is which. Obviously, the searchlight is clearly a searchlight, but the two different scanner options, you've kind of got one that's got a long antenna and one that's kind of got a short antenna, and you're left going... Uh-huh. I guess as long as you can... They don't give you one without, though. What do you mean? I mean, you have no option to build just... So the, the way they all attach is a roll bar that sits above the driver. And that roll bar slots on top and there are only three choices for that roll bar oh so you have to you have to build it with one of the options even though you can't even even though you don't have to take one yeah exactly which is a little bit weird well i guess you could clip it off but that seems like more effort than it's worth how many points are the upgrades for those like five each but the problem is a full squad of six only three of them can have it and then you've got the two heavy weapons and their bar is different because the heavy weapon attaches to the bar which means you've got one dude in a squad of six. Who you'd have to... Who you'd have to modify to make it work. Or not put the bar on at all. Um, which I suppose is an option, but I think it'll look really weird because of the shape of the bike. The bike is really cleverly designed because there is stowage on the back of the bike. And um, when you build the heavy weapon, you basically replace the stowage with the hooks for the heavy weapon. So that's kind of nice. There's a lot of detail on the kit, like a lot, a lot. And a whole bunch of spare parts as well. You can mount different... Um, picks and axes and shovels and um, sleeping bags and all sorts of stuff on it. The biggest complaint I have is actually how the pilot mounts, which is exceptionally frustrating. Yeah, you have to build him into the structure of it, which is not ideal if you wanted to do it in multiple parts for ease of painting. But... Basically, the rear repulsor units, the only way they fit is they have to kind of slot in under the robe. So you actually have to put him on first to get a nice clean fit for those rear repulsors. I'm sure that people will out there out there will be able to do it. But it really bugged me that I couldn't have him separate and just kind of click him on at the end like you do with Space Marine bikes or with Eldar Windriders or anything like yeah. that. Because also, there's not one pair of arms that hold these handlebars with two hands. And the handlebars are attached to the arm. So you'd have to... So you kind of have to... To get it all to line up yeah. properly and sit nicely, you actually have to glue the handlebar onto the bike with no arm, but then you can't put the rider on because the arm's in the way and the the, the long coat doesn't fit around the exhaust properly. So It's like a domino effect of like slight inconvenience. It was it was just too much effort as far as I was concerned by the tail end of it. And I just went, bugger it, and just glued the whole thing together. Um, what do you think of the bikes overall, like the design of them? I can't, now that I've got them in my hand, they're smaller than I expected, <clears throat> um, which I, I imagine there's a lot of squat puns we could make. Um... <laughs> There's lots of little things on the bike that I wasn't aware of until I started building them. Like, for example, there's a little headlight that sits on the front repulsor unit oh, that yeah. is a separate piece for some bizarre reason. There are two tail lights on the rear repulsor units. Guess what? Separate pieces? separate pieces as well. Um, even course. even the little repulsor parts that go on the bottom, that sort of the maglev parts, um, depending on which ones you put on, depends on which tactical rock attaches to the maglev part to actually make it float because they're not on flying stands. They are. They're on these little rocks that kind of 
hold them up. <laughs> Which is a cool way of doing it, un- unless, as I said, like, not a fan of the tactical rock. But oh, look, I, again, it'd be very easy to not use the tactical rock, get a like a little piece of brass or a piece of clear stand, and just and just have them floating. Them in there, yeah. You could even drill it. There's a big flat section right under the rider in the center of the bike that you could just drill a hole yeah, in and do that. That's prime for pl- flying stands if you wanted to do it. Whereas with this. I actually think this is going to be more stable than flying stand. I agree. Yeah, like uh, my my land speeder and my space marine army, it just spins. And yeah, that's like a problem that flight stands have a lot. This is this is all plastic. It's all plastic glued together. It's not going anywhere. And um, I think that that's going to give you the longest term solution to these bikes. Yeah, because flying stands are prone to snapping as well. Which yeah, is... and there's a few different ways. Like you can swap. There's three different rocks and there's three different repulsor angles, so you can kind of mix and match and have all the bikes doing slightly different things, which is nice. Um, again, you get a bunch of different heads. Um, you can't use the heads from the kin kit on the bikes, though. So you can use the unhelmeted ones, because obviously yeah, that neck socket's fine, but you can't put helmets on the Pioneers. Because they're not actually in the void armor, they're in yeah. just coats. Which is um, one of the things That's we'll talk about we when we get to the, yeah, the void armor. I've sort of gone back and forth on liking the bikes or not. I, I, I really like the maglev bits, but the top of the bike, I feel like it, it fits in with the rest of the squat de- design sorry, Votan design stuff that we've seen in the rest of it so far, but... The weird one for me is I chose to put an Ironkin helm, um, head on a couple of the um, the Hearthkin and also on the gunner of the bike, and it looks like I've forgotten to put a head on it. And like, that'll, that'll clear up as you paint it, but for now... It's... Yeah, it looks really weird. What I also did like, though, when I... Um, he actually has a little sensor bar on the front of the Hearthkin head that you you don't really get a good look at until you can s- oh, yeah. hold it up close. Um, I will say the join for the gunner on the back of this bike is tenuous at best. Now, I've I've fudged it to make sure that I could take it off and paint it separately. But my God, it was fiddly to make that happen because there's these two little chains that attach to the waist of the dwarf and they bear no semblance of relationship to the yeah. length of his arms or the position of the gun on the mount so i've had to kind of bend them and tweak them until they touch his body and now that it's all together it looks great does, um does the box of three or i suppose does the thing of three come with three gunners or does it only come with one guy to send on the pack uh it's one body okay yeah so yeah for every for every three that you get you'll get like one that you can turn into a uh, a heavy weapon bike because like that's a really cool pose if you wanted to have him like slinging two guns like in front of him oh that's true that being said that's going to be a bugbear of mine with this kit because the heavy weapon only goes in one spot on the roll bar has to be angled that way because of the Mm. shape of the body which means every heavy weapon is going to be posed exactly the same way unless you just like mount it on the top there without a dude which look you could definitely do that but again we'll go back to what they've done in the past and they've made sure that the triggers and all the mechanism for shooting the gun are attached to the arms not the gun yeah which is anyway inconvenient but it does look cool as a unit like, i can definitely a... see people like i'm i'm intending on running 12 in two squads of six because of course you are um look it's not 18 <laughs> the first list had 18 and there's a reason for that which we'll talk about later on um and there still might be 18 to be perfectly honest but building them was frustrating and I don't know I actually want to build 12 let alone 18 of the little guys at the moment I'm committed to 12 (laughs) so we'll see what happens after I build the next three Um, I did build mine now I should point out I built all of the hearthkin with iron rifles 
Um, I also gave them the plasma beamer and the magna rail rifle in the infantry. The rail rifle. We'll we'll get to the some of that the, stuff. The rail, bit, yeah, the it's... rail rifle is just going to be in every everywhere you can find a rail rifle. It's going to be because they just the damage overflow is just something that people want. Yep. Um, I've gone with ions and I've gone with the the heavy beam weapon on the back of the bike as well, primarily because my original intent was to run a mirror, which gives you that extra four inches of range, mm. which. Um, which I think is going to be, be really important for this army yeah. because it's something that the math hammer can't take into account is the exceptionally short range of this army. Is this I've the seen longest pe- thing they've got 36 inches? I think it's 30. 30? I know, oh sorry, there's some one-shot missiles that go on the yeah. land fortress that might be further, but most of the big guns are 24, 30, 32. Like when you actually go to the weapons summary at the back of the codex, this isn't a long-range army. And I think that's something that they haven't really taken into account unless unless they've played the games, which... I'm not sure I haven't... Like, okay. Um, so the bolt cannon that appears on the her, the Thunderkin, yep. the heavy weapon dudes, that's 36. But the, like the, and the heavy Magna rail rifle, the rail cannon that goes on top of the land fortress is 36. The Kinsrath warhead is 36. The mountain breaker warhead is 36. Um, the twin bolt cannons, thirty six, and um, the Sagitto missile launcher is thirty six. But there's a lot of twelves, nines, sixes, and eighteens in this list. Like when you go down, if you're just talking eighteen inches or less, um, ATOC pattern bolt pistol, bolt revolver, bolt shotgun, uh, plasma beamer. Uh, plasma pistol, exo armor grenade launcher, concussion grenades, graviton blast cannon, graviton rifle, uh, ion beamer, ion blaster, ion pistol, las beam cutter, and the vulcanite disintegrator, all 18 inches or less. And I guess they sort of suffer from the problem that sort of originally people were having with death guard, which they're slow and they're sort of mid-range and they need to get to the opponent, but... I feel like Death Guard have somewhat improved in that regard, whereas these guys have ways to get there with the with the vehicles. But like I said to you, this uh, there's a lot of issues with building the army. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't become apparent until you actually start writing lists and trying to work mm. out how it plays out on the table. So we're just going to kind of wander into that territory now to talk about the actual list building side of this army. Um, I will first say and preface it by, despite the fact I'm building this army, everything is too cheap. Everything in this book is between 5 and 50 points too cheap. For what it does, and there's a few glaring outliers in this book. Um, the mechanic. Yeah. Um, what was his... He's what a, was his name? He can upgrade him to a Forge Master as well, which is even worse. Um, um, he's so the Iron Master. Yeah. So the actual Hearthkin themselves, the basic troops choice, fine. Not a problem. 11, 12 points a model. The weapons are all priced appropriately. The upgrades are all priced appropriately. They're fine. Yeah, they're... they're the only thing that are fine, though. 9 to 19 with the... Sergeant as well. The Thane. Yeah, it's a dwarf word. They've yeah. always used it as like a sergeant. I, I'm not as... What is it? Up to date with dwarf lore, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, if we start at uh, Uthar the Destined... Okay. At 140 oh, yeah. points, he's too cheap. 
significantly too cheap. Yeah, he does have like a fair few rules that... He's got a lot of stuff that stacks on itself again and again and again, where like he reduces all incoming damage to one, and he does mortal wounds with his axe, uh, or sword, sword. Um, and he gives out judgment tokens, and he automatically makes a six every turn, and... He changes all incoming damage to one. Yeah, what? It's ridiculous. Now, for the for the utility of this character and the fact that he will stand toe-to-toe with a lot of combatants and still prevail, 140 is too cheap. 160, 170, 180? Something in that ballpark feels like is probably where he's meant to be. Um, and you'll still take him. At 160, 170 points, he's still a good character. At 180, he might be tipping the balance a little bit, but... He's an exceptionally good character. For 140 points, he's a steal. If you are going the Great Aetherian League, you will take him every time. He's just too good not to. When you move on to the Carl, the basic Carl is 70. And then you're basically paying for the Fist and the Disintegrator, I think, mm. from memory. Which makes him 90 points um, from memory. Again, he's probably... he's 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 got one less wound... Um, but you can actually upgrade him to a high cull to kind of mimic parts of Ulthar the Destined. Yeah. The Destined does have a slightly better stat block. Um, but even then, like, you look at the Carl and what he does with the rerolls he provides, his combat profile, and the things that he does, at 70 points, he's too cheap. He should be, arguably, 100 points. I'm just looking at all of the different... Abilities and things he's got. Yeah, you're right. He's got like... Like he should be 90 base before you give him gear. Mm. And by the time you get... And it shouldn't be he gets the axe for free. Yeah, that's... It should be he's 90 points and then the axe... You either pick the axe or the fist and the axe is 5 and the fist is 10. And the same with the the pistol. You get the pistol for free but if you want the disintegrator you pay 5 points. Um, that sounds... So he ends up around that sort of 90 to 100 point mark. And at that point, you're dealing with a Space Marine Captain. He's a slightly worse stat block than a Space Marine Captain. But he does similar things. He's got some extra rules. Like, at 70 points, he's just too cheap. And this is a, a common theme with all the HQs. Even the champion... Actually, to be fair, the champion's probably the closest to right. Um, he starts at 90 points. 100 with the hammer. 90 with the axe. So, like, he still only moves five, which, yeah. Yeah, but have a look down at his... Can you rhyme off his keywords? Um, infantry character, accelerated exo armor. Accelerated. That's the fun one. What does accelerated do? There's a stratagem for one CP that means he always advances 12. Oh. <laughs> advances 12. Advances 12. What? And then have a look. He does mortal wounds when he charges you. Yep. And his axe ignores feel no pains and wound caps. Oh. <laughs> and it's got a sweep function as well. It does eight attacks. Well. Huh. <laughs> so he's the closest to being appropriately priced. Personally, he probably should be. He probably should start at 100 and then be 110. Like he needs to go up about 10 points. Because because he is an exo armor, he's a bit limited in how he can deploy. Um, he's he's not he's a bit more of a beat stick character. You'll see uses for him, but you won't see him as often as the other three characters. 
Of the four characters, he's the one you will see least on the table. He is like a character hunter from the looks of his... Like he. Well, with Amir, you can give him a warlord trait, which makes all of his non-relic weapons plus one damage, mm. which means that that axe becomes damage two. Yeah, which is... And that's, kind of, that's getting kind of scary for some characters who this guy walks in with eight attacks at strength six, neg three, two damage, ignoring feel no pains and wound caps. Sinks... Strength six, neg three, then it would be two damage. Yeah. yeah. So that, that even his bolt, even his bolt gun becomes two damage. Which Phoenix Lords, Phoenix Lords in particular, do not want to go near this guy because he will, he will walk in with eight attacks, hitting on twos, wounding on threes, and they've only got a four up invol. He's likely to score six wounds out of his attacks. They fail three and die. Kills the Phoenix Lord. Yeah, like Abaddon, I think fares a little bit better because Abaddon has to worry when he's under six wounds, uh, under five wounds. Yeah, because then you're left going, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> if I get unlucky on my invuls, something bad's about to happen. Um, particularly with judgment tokens, mm. because then all of a sudden those sixes become auto wounds, and I just bypass your toughness altogether. Um. So, but I still think he's going to be the least used HQ. Then we go on to the two completely broken ones. Oh, the wizards. What's his actual name? Grimnir. Grimnir, that's right. So he comes with a couple of little robots with him. The Corvs. And from memory, if you go to the back of the book, he's only 80 points and it includes the two little droids. Let's have a look. That, if that's true. So, well, that's a weapon profiles. I've gone. It's straight after the last data sheet. Okay, so the Grimnir... Is 80 points. Okay. So you get the Grimnir and you get the two Korgs. Yep. He casts two denies one from memory. Um, Psyker. Yep. So, uh, yep. Cast two deny one. It knows smite and two. Two powers. I can't read whatever disciple that is. Um, the, so the one of them is like a warp charge five, get a free CP. Okay. Yeah, which you're just going to sure. use every turn. There's one that's plus one toughness to a friendly unit. Yeah, that's pretty standard. Um, the the Witchfire ones you're never going to see. You're just not going to do. Yeah. There's a relic for him that lets him cast an additional power. Um, there's also a way of letting him do psychic actions and still cast. <laughs> um, and then, of course, he obviously brings a very important deny to the army because he's the only source of psychic for the army. And I think we'll be seeing a lot of that of things being the only source of something, especially because it's such a new faction. There's not... Yeah. As many units to cover. Like, Space Marines have 200 units. They've got a unit for every specific scenario, but these guys... There's like 10 units. Yeah. They're Harlequins from 6th edition. I started playing in 8th. The, so. the difference is, though, that the Harlequins haven't seen a new unit since 6th edition, whereas I think <laughs> this is wave 1. I reckon we'll get more. Um, the other thing with this guy is, even though he doesn't ignore perils, if he takes perils, one of his little corgs dies, and we all move on with our lives. Yep, uh, each time this unit suffers perils of the warp, if the unit contains one or more of the Korgs, um, they destroy. They are destroyed instead of the Grimnir. Yeah, the Grimnir. Now, the model for this is Baller. I really love the model. Space Gandalf. On Tactical Rock. Floating Tactical On Rock. Several Tactical <laughs> Rocks, I love it. But again, at 80 points, a far series cast to deny... I'm going to say deny two. Um... I think the far series deny two. But he's over 100 points. There's also um, an alternate build for him as a female caster. Yes, there is. But again, this model, 20 points too cheap. Easily. Or they need to turn around and go, mm, he's, yeah. he's 80 points, and then each of the Korg costs 10 points. 
or just round the whole thing up and go, cool, it's 100 points for the unit. Sort of like what they did with the, the Dark Apostle where it used to be 80 points and then you could pay for the Dark Disciples. Yeah, no, this, this just should be 100 points. Yeah. He is too cheap. But then we get the really broken one. The Broker Iron Master. So he is a dude... And then he has an iron kin, and then he has three corgs. Or e-cogs. F- Does he have three or four? Uh, three. So it's a squad of five in total. Yep. Have a look at the points value at the back. Uh, 80 points, again. Yeah, for the entire that, unit. That unit of five. Which is ridiculous. Now, each of the ecogs are only one wound. How many wounds does the, uh, the ironsmith have? Four. Right. So... There's a total of eight wounds in that squad for 80. You're paying 10 points a wound at that stage. It would be um, nine because there's him and the Ironkin, which has two wounds. It has two wounds. It has two wounds. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So you're basically paying about nine points a wound at that stage. That is cheaper than the Hearthkin. It is. The Hearthkins start at 11. And these guys all have guns and combat weapons. The character has a friggin' Gravitron gun. He does. He's got a Gravitron gun. Thund- and I can't believe it's not a Thunder Hammer. Um, it's called a Gravitron Hammer, which is strength times two, minus two, two damage. So it's... It's a Thunder Hammer. Yeah. It is a literal Thunder Hammer. Um, where he gets really crazy is there's a couple of Warlord traits that, and um, you can upgrade him to a Forge Master where he can let vehicles ignore the... Change the damage characteristic of a failed save to zero. Or he can heal up to four damage every turn. I feel like we should say that choosing which damage goes to zero, you get to pick rather than being the first one. I believe that's the case, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's the first failed. I think it's just uh, you can change a failed save to zero. I think it'll be under the Master Ironsmith rules. Oh, so... But anyway, regardless of that rule, because that pay, you can pay points for that, his basic profile, he's got a gun that can deal mortal wounds. Yep. Um, he still has the repair rule from memory as part of his profile, doesn't he? What rules does he actually have? So he's got the visor, which gives him plus one to hit and stuff. The Regain D3 lost wounds on the... On a vehicle. On the vehicle, yep. Yep. The assistant, which this unit can perform actions even if it has, even if it has advanced and can shoot without its actually failing. <laughs> just to so it can add mo- sprinkles to so the it cake. can it can basically always move eight inches and shoot and perform actions. Awesome. Let's see how many rules we can give from multiple codexes. The Eldar can't do that, but the little fat man can. <laughs> the ecog support each time this unit uses the guild ability if it contains one or more e- ecog models. The model being repaired regains one additional lost wound, so every so time... So it's D3 plus one. And the destruction of an ECOG is ignored for the purposes of morale tests. And if the dude dies, all of his little friends are dead. But, 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 but all the little friends have guns and combat weapons. They do. So you, you can't just look at this and go, oh, it's a tech marine with a couple of non-combatant servitors. No, this thing is actually dangerous. I'd say he's better than a tech marine by like a considerable margin. And he's 80 points for him he's and all of his points, mates. Yeah. <laughs> what like, the hell? You don't get a tech marine and a couple of servitors. You just get the dude. So that that unit, as it stands there, should be at least 120 points. Anything less than 100 is a steal. I can't, I can't come up with a situation where that doesn't just end up over 100 points. Look, his stat block isn't as good as the other like equivalents, but 
the other features. Here's a gun that does squad. mortal wounds. Uh, the gun doesn't do mortal wounds. Have a read. Uh, each time an attack made with this weapon is allocated to a model with a save character skill three plus or better. Oh, that's right. It's a grav one. It's um, yeah. it does extra damage. There's a warlord trait that makes it do mortal wounds. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's right. Sorry, silly me. Um, yeah. So he's got a really good gun. He's got a decent combat weapon. He's got a bunch of mates who have decent guns and decent combat weapons. And you're paying less per wound than the Hearthkin. Which. Does he have a four up invulnerable? Please don't tell me he has a four up invulnerable. Um, I don't think he does. Not look. He's only four up armor, isn't he? Yeah. That might be the one saving grace. It's not hard to get him an invul, to be fair. Between the um the different uh, crests that you can put on the characters, getting him an invul is pretty straightforward. But he's also a character and a unit, and this always causes issues with the because his does he have the character keyword? Uh, yep. Of course he does, which means you can't even target the unit. Um, everything in it has character keywords except the ECOG assistance, but that doesn't matter because... Because there's a character in the squad. Yeah. Oh, God. And you can't have them on their own, so... Yeah, see, this this is one of those cases where it should be... If it's less than 100 points, it's too cheap. Reality is, at, even at 120, you're still paying Hearthkin prices for him. And he is, for the points and the wounds, way better than a unit of 10 Hearthkin. Because that's what we—that's ultimately what we're going to compare it to. Is ten Hearthkin at 110 points with their bolt rifles, or this, or this dude for squad. 80 points? Like, <laughs> I think we can. Okay, there's nine wounds, like five of which are admittedly somewhat ablative to this guy living and getting all the abilities, but they are still combat profiles. Yeah, it's not like they're non-combatants. It's not like, like it's not like they're a cultist. They actually have guns and good guns. Like this unit could scare things, like, combat-wise, not even as a support unit, like it's supposed to be used as. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do think that 110, 120 is where this unit needs to end up. Um, I think we're on the Hearthkin at the moment. Oh, yes. Hearthkin are fine. There's nothing that needs to be said about them. They're priced appropriately. The Magna Rail Rifle, which everyone's scared of, is a 20-point upgrade that goes on an 11-point model <laughs> um, that... Still is toughness for one wound and a four plus save. The medic is the thing that I was the most. <laughs> the medic is so funny. Because <laughs> if you leave, if you kill everything but the medic survives, he can bring back. Yeah, there's three a stratagem dudes. for it. Yeah. And that, that'll revive D3. The sergeant, I, think it, the I think it's D3 models, but that doesn't. Like getting back one, you bring back the rail rifle. Yeah. <laughs> um. The medic for five points, it was one I didn't build when I built these, and when I get the next slot, I'll actually build them and slot them in, because yeah. I think there's a place for them. Because those medics literally turn around and go, cool, for five points, we ignore the first failed save. So it's it's the, basically the mark of Zench, but... But it's an it's oh. essentially an extra model in the unit, and, as, and if you get to use that more than once... It's you, paid for it. Yeah, so. and, you, and you keep your... Like, I don't think the upgrade removes the gun. No. Yeah, so you still get a, a guy with the right gun. You just can't give him a heavy weapon. Which is yeah, none of the none of the upgrades, the med pack or the comms array or the scanner, none of those remove your gun. So yeah, so at that point, the med packs med pack feels like something that you will do. But you're also if you're five points over, eh, who cares? See, I I think that there are 
there's not really because there's not a lot areas. Well, there's no granularity in this codex. It's there's there's not there a lot of it's not. Yeah. yeah. So I think we'll see some similar lists of people just trying to get in all the best units. I'm still a big fan of the beamer weapon. <clears throat> um, I really like the beam weapons, but we'll we'll get to the end and we'll talk about those because they're. Mm. There's a bit There's of controversy a as to how they operate. Points of contention on those guys. Which... But anyway, no, the Hearthkin, the Hearthkin are fine. Yeah, they're the Hearth Guard. The Hearth Guard are the exosuits. Now these, from memory, are about thirty-five points a model. I'm checking the. Back I think they're thirty-five, and I don't think you pay for their upgrades either. Or maybe you pay for the, maybe you pay for the gun. Uh, yep, thirty-five, and you can pay for the hammer for ten points. The concussion hammer. They don't get hammers. They get. Are you looking at the right entry? Uh, yep. The Hearthguard, Iron Hearthguard, can, for 10 points, get a concussion hammer. Oh, that must be the sergeant. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you give them, they're just 35 points. Because they can either have... They come with a plasma gun, and then you can swap that for a disintegrator, and then they get a concussion gauntlet, or you can have a plasma gauntlet. So none of those have points. No, just... Oh, just God. 35 points each, so they're just under Terminator price. Chaos Terminator Ter price. Aren't they 33 for Chaos Terminators, or are they 36? Just over, sorry. It's 33. 33? Okay, so Chaos Terminators get one extra wound. Yep, that is true. But these guys are minus one damage built in and T5 built in. Yep. These guys have way better guns, like... By a considerable margin. Combi Bolter versus the... Um, I love the disintegrator again. Mortal wounds on guns is always powerful. Grenade is, the grenade launcher is the equivalent of the frigging combi bolter that they all get. And then you can either go a power fist equivalent or a power sword equivalent, depending mm -hmm. on which combat weapon you want. The move five is an issue, um, but you can give them a teleport crest on the sergeant, which lets you access a stratagem to redeploy them, um, or you can give them an invol save crest. Which gives the whole squad a five up involve. Four up involve. Is the four up? Oh, and it adds a wound to the it sergeant does, yeah. as well. It makes him three wounds. So, in addition, the bearer increases its wound characteristic to three and has a four up invulnerable save because. Oh, he has a four up invulnerable save. Yeah, it's just so, on him. Okay, so the squad doesn't get an invulnerable. <laughs> the only way to get them that is from a character with the shield. Yes. Or Emir. Because Amir gives invulnerable saves to the whole army, and if you have a two plus save, it's a four up invulnerable, mm. which is ridiculous. Ridiculous, yes. Again, this is a squad that probably goes up five points a model. See, I I disagree that they should just as a whole go up in points. I feel like that they should have some of the things like grant more granularly tweaks, like have the weapons. No, that's what I'm saying. Put them at thirty five. And then you want the mortal wound guns? Pay five points. Yeah, like that's... You want the concussion gauntlets? Pay five points. Yeah. Um, I don't think, like, the ba like you can, they're going to do one of two ways. They're either just going to increase the base and go shrug, whatever. I think that that's a... I'd rather see them do it more independently with war gear. But at the moment, 35 points a model for basically choose your own war gear is dumb. And they're even taking the plasma gun, there's no bad choices for him. The plasma gun or the disintegrator are both very good guns. The concussion gauntlet or the plasma blade are both very good combat weapons. And then when you stack all that with minus one damage built in, T5 built in, and then void armor, 
for those of you playing along at home, Void Armor is essentially Armor of Contempt. So you, so you remove one AP from your opponent's attacks. But on top of that, Void Armor is no rerolls to wound and no rerolls for damage. And that's army-wide. So you just don't reroll. Yeah. Um, Which we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to the stuff we've said about that in a second. Anyway. Later, I should say. Um, so these these are at the very least a points increase at some point. The Berserks. Yep, they're next I think, up. I think these are 22 points a model, which is just... <laughs> it's just crazy to me. The... Um, 22, yep. Yep. And you can give them a grenade launcher for 10, or the twin concussion gauntlet is an extra 5 points, so you can't... Yeah, which is just silly, because at 22 mm. points, with axes, so they get the sweep attack... That's cheaper than corn berserkers, who are arguably not as good. No, they're not. Well, they're definitely not as good, because these things get a 5-up, feel no pain, and it's, is it a 4-up versus damage 1? Um, or is it a 6-up and then a 5-up versus damage 1? 5-up versus damage 1, with a 6-up normally. So. Yeah. But they're still T5, 2 wounds. They only have a 6-up armor save, but that's fine. And they are movement 5. But they do reroll charges, and they do... Well, like I say, with axes, double their attacks from three to six with sweep attacks. And again, judgment tokens help these guys out a lot because the low strength on those axes is fixed by judgment tokens when you start dealing with heavy stuff. The mole gun is amazing. As silly as it sounds, that mole launcher, there's a stratagem for it. The gun itself is like a bolter. It's not particularly impressive. But there's a stratagem that halves your opponent's um, movement and charge distance and makes them fight last. That... <laughs> you uh... just go, what is this? What are you doing? I just want my corn berserkers to be good, damn it. No, you can't have that. These are, these are dwarf <laughs> berserks and you have, to be, you have to be worse than us. Again, this is a unit that needs to go up in points. Base level, probably 22 to 25. And then pay for things. And meaningfully pay for things. Meaningfully, yeah. Not like one point. Look, if it was 25 and then they said it was one point for axes or three points for the hammers. And then on top of that, you still had to pay for the grenade launcher at 10 and the fists for five. We're probably in the right ballpark. Because at 110 points for five of these little things with axes. That kind of feels like they're... they're they, a they should cost... Blender. They're one of the best combat units in the game at that point. For, especially for for the points they cost. Yeah, absolutely. They're actually kind of scary. So again, it's a unit that, for what it does, like if you compare it to Gene Stealer, um, Gene Stealer Cot Abominance is a really good comparison because they're the same sort of unit. They're two, like multi-wounds, high toughness, no armor, but have feel no pain and the damage and that sort of stuff. They obliterate Abominance in the combat phase. And there's, if, they obliterate something. There's not really a way that they could fight back. Not when the not way. when those um the aberrants sorry not abominance the um the aberrants cost more. <laughs> like it's they're always going to pay for themselves as as soon as they kill pretty much anything. So the aberrants are thirty points a model. Yeah, exactly. Move six, so move five for a berserk. Uh, yeah, movement five. Weapon skill three plus mm. versus three plus on a berserk. Yeah. I'm only ballistic skill six plus. Ballistic skill three plus. Strength five. Yep. Toughness five. Yep. I'm three wounds. Only two. I'm only two attacks. Three. Leadership seven. Eight. Uh, save five. Six. 
Um, my weapons are called heavy power weapons, which are strength plus three, neg two, damage three. Um, the concussion maul is times two, neg three, three damage. So that's the equivalent. And they're minus one to hit. Which... The, no, my, my heavy power weapons aren't, but I don't get sweep attacks if I go the axes. I reduce damage by one. Um, and I don't even get feel no pain anymore. I just reduce damage by one. And I cost more. The cyber stims let these guys reroll the charge, which is... Yeah. Ugh. 22 points compared to an aberrant at 30 is a joke. So, mm. definitely a couple of points here. Um, moving on to the pioneers, I think is the next data sheet. Yep. These, I think, are reasonably good. These actually go crazy when you look at all the keywords and the stratagems and the shenanigans you can pull with them. On their own, I'd say you're right in saying that they're... They're 30 points a model to kick off. Yeah. The gun, the heavy weapon, I think, is 10 either way. And the three upgrades for the squad are five. So, 215 points for the maxed out squad. Yeah. I still wonder where they needed to be... Like 32, 33 points a model just to push them up closer to 230 for a maxed out squad. And it sounds ridiculous talking, arguing and quibbling over 15 points, but the reality is that 15 points over three units is suddenly 50 points. You know what I mean? Like mm. from, a, from a, a macro level, looking at the build as a whole, if we put the Carl up, if we put the exosuits up, if we put the berserks up, if we put the. Like, we're already 100 points gone just with a couple of changes. So putting these guys up one or two points to force that to happen where you're having to make choices isn't necessarily a bad thing. Because they do have a, dig a good amount of guns, but they are quite short-ranged. For Like, if you actually want to get everything shooting, you have to be within 12. Yeah, they've, they've only got... They've got nothing over 24, and that's only the Laz and Autocannons that are... Yeah. Everything else is under 18. So, I think... But these, see, these guys get a pre-game move. Yep. Um, they're accelerated, which means you can auto advance them twelve. Yeah, because they're bikes, so they just. No, no, no. So yeah, their inbuilt rule is advance six. The stratagem lets them advance twelve. Oh. Um, there's another stratagem that makes them minus one to hit, like a la lightning fast reactions. Uh, and if they advanced, then it's no rerolls to hit either. That so kind of feels like they've got too many things going on. So bear, bear in mind, this is a unit that is obsec on top of all of this. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. T five, three wounds, four up armor with void armor. Despite and if, the fact they're not wearing any void armor, they're just in jackets. And if you give them a heavy weapon, they pick up another wound. Um, from the the dude from the that, gunner. Yeah. So say you're in turn five, and you've got two bikes left. You can pop two strats. Move 24 inches, be minus one to hit with no rerolls to hit, no rerolls to wound, no rerolls to damage. And, oops, and there's six wounds. And they'd... T5. Damn. Yeah. Had, like... <laughs> and if they're a Mia, they've also got a five-up involve. Is... <laughs> See, he left going, what, what, what is this? <laughs> Like, and this is this is something that pissed off a lot of players when they played to deal with Harlequins with the no rerolls to hit thing. And it's something yeah. it's something I want to talk about at a more macro level at the end, because it kind of ties into Void Armor. So we'll move on. But yeah, they're, 
a lot of the stratagems they have is what pushes these guys into crazy and the only saving grace is that each of these stratagems is once per phase so you're not going to have three of these yeah. units bouncing around insanity sort of like all stratagems yeah like once per phase but that's the only reason these aren't completely broken um, I would still say they are exceptionally good borderline too good but that also uh, depends on how you use them as well like we said earlier 30 points for these or 30 points for yeah. a Cow Space Marine bike that, they, <laughs> it would depend on if the Chaos Space Marine bikes got to go first at that point. If they don't, they lose every time. Because they just get shot off the table. There's nothing they can do about it. And that's assuming that you give them all the chainsaws, which you would because it's a zero-point upgrade. Yep. Um, the Sagittar is the transport vehicle. This is another really busted set of rules, not so much the profile of the tank. It comes in squadrons. Yes. Because this is how your Hearthkin and your Berserks access combat squads. Because they only transport five. Fi yeah. <laughs> so they built the rule into the vehicle and made it fast attack, not transport, which is actually a real hurdle because the bikes are so good. We were talking about um, Space Marine combat squads earlier today and comparing them to these. And I kind of think that there's, there's something to be said about both of them. There's something to be said about both of them. The good part about this, though, is it lets a unit combat squad that it can't normally combat squad. Yeah. And the vehicles themselves are like 110 to about 140 points, depending on which gun they, they go with, are still T7, 9 wounds, 3-up armor with void armor, because why not? They still move 12. And... For an obsec unit lurking around in the backfield, putting five just dudes in this vehicle to jump out, plant a banner, jump back in. Like, it's not an easy kill. Like, it's not... It's not... It's a weird one because I compare it to a raider. It's the best example I can give. Yeah. The raider's only T6, whereas this is T7. The raider is 10 wounds. This is only 9. But the raider is 4-up armor, 5-up invulnerable. This is just 3-up armor with void. So no rerolls to wound, no rerolls to damage. The raider is faster and carries more. This has more firepower than a raider. I don't think it's even I like think... comparable to like a rhino as a troop transport no. because it's got so many more guns. And... Well, well, this this thing is kind of like I say, the raider is the best example I can come up with, and it's kind of a wash, but I think that the raider having fly probably tips it in the raider's favor. But the guns on this thing are infinitely better. Yeah. I also think that it's it's somewhere in the middle of what we've seen in other in other the, factions. The reason this is broken, though, is the combat patrol, uh, the, the combat squatting. Yeah. Because it lets you then break up your 10-man squads into 5-man squads and then mess around with the way you score on the table. Which will be... I don't want to say that it would be entirely necessary for scoring points, but I, I think it would definitely help, especially with the... The otherwise really slow movement like this, even this. I, th only I think 12. you'll see if you're only running like a patrol with a single unit of Hearthkin, taking two of these to combat squad them just makes a whole bunch of sense. Yeah, because the vehicles. It's not like taking two rhinos where you go, oh, these are crap for a hundred points. No, these are good. Like, and and it's they're, they're fast attack, which does mean that they're competing uh, with the bikes. Yeah, which is the biggest downside to them. Yeah. Um, if they were dedicated transports in squadrons then, of one to two, they'd be broken. There would because then you could be able to take them and the and bikes. And the bikes, and whereas now you're having to spend CP to try and make it all work. Um, 
the combat squad thing also, here's a trick for you. Take three units of ten berserks. Mm-hmm. Then take three units of two of these things, and now I have six units of berserks because berserks can be used in the combat squad rule. Oh, yeah. So, so I have six units of five bouncing around the board, slapping things with axes and hammers. Just really want to mess with my corn berserk. Yeah, <laughs> in a T seven nine wound transport. Like at that point, what do you do? Because you've got a bunch of combat units, six yep. five man combat <laughs> units, that just mince things. Yep. Driving towards you. What can you do about that? Because no army would take that much, and no reasonable army would take that much anti tank. Well, unless you're Eldar. Well, that, Eldar do that. That's just anti everything. Yeah, but no, like that's a that's a genuine option for this. Now, admittedly, the, the fact that that's an option is somewhat concerning in my well, opinion. Well, the, the only downside to it is the points attached to it. Because if you do go down that road, your berserks are 660 points for the three units of ten. And then these are another 660 points for three basic units of two. So that is that's 1,300, or just under 1,300 points. Just over. Oh, uh, yeah, just over. Um, and then depending on the gun you put on the top, it could top out at sort of 1,450 or 1,500 for the six vehicles. Yeah. But you know what? You could keep them cheap, keep them at like 1,320 or whatever it works out to be. You need three elites and three fasts to do that. So now you need three troop choices. So that's another minimum 330 points. And you need two HQs, which the cheapest I think you can do is 150 points. Um, A 70 point Carl and an 80 point whatever else. Whatever else. So you so could 13, do it. 13, 20, 16, 50, 17, 50, 1800. It's not quite enough to get a land fortress in at the tail end. Yeah, that's that's also having rounded down. So like, yeah, I th- I think I think it gets interesting. I don't know. It's a good army. There will be armies that can deal with it, but it's possible. The fact that it's possible is is mildly terrifying. And the o- again, the only reason this isn't broken is because they're not dedicated transports. If they were dedicated transports, you wouldn't be able to do it. Things get really weird because it, then I could take more of them. You would, and that. <sighs> You'd be, you'd be rocking up going, here's my 12 of them with all these hearthkin in them. And you'd be going, well, what the hell do I do with that? It's raider spam on thing. drugs. It's dark Eldar on drugs. You know what that looks like? Dark <laughs> Eldar. Yeah, no, worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. Um, so yeah, the Sagittar as a fast attack actually do a really good job of funneling the army and forcing you to make choices in the way you build the army. And it's the only reason they are not apocalyptically broken. Because if they were dedicated transports, it would be way worse. Uh, heavy support, Thunderkin, is the next data sheet. Yep, the Brokir I think I think these are 35 points a model as well, like the Exo Armors. Um, like the Hearthguard. It is... Yep, 35, and you can pay another 5 points for a conversion beamer. For the conversion beamer, that's right. But these are three wounds, T5, three up armor. And they're squads of three to six from memory? Yes. The bolt cannon's a perfectly acceptable weapon. I don't know I'd take them for it because they get on the vehicles. Um, the conversion beamer looks really interesting because it doubles the hits over half range, which is interesting. Sort of like the, the ones on the decimators. Yeah. And they get a third gun, don't they? What's the third gun? The Graviton Blast Cannon. Oh, that's right. 
So that's another way of getting the mortal wounds if you pay for the stratagem. Yeah. Mm. I think you'll... It's nice uh, to have options, I guess. I don't think you're likely to see too many of these because <clears throat> of the land fortress. That sort of does get rid of I do like some this, of the appeal. I do like this unit. They could probably... I reckon it should be 35 base and then go like... Pay for the gun. Well, the bolt cannon I don't give a shit about. It's That's, a bolt gun. That should be like the standard gun. But I think going like to even two or three points per gun for the um, for the Gravitron and then five for the conversion beamer would that just... makes more sense than just, just having it. Because let's face it, the Gravitron... When the, the army, when every vehicle has the bolt cannons on them, you don't need these guys carrying bolt cannons. They'll have gravitrons. Mm. Like if you're taking, I want them for the conversion beamers because I'm nostalgic and love the idea of conversion beamers back in the game. Um, when were they last in the game? Rogue Trader, second edition. The long time. Right. Yep. Um, but it's the same reason that I want a single unit of berserks, just so I can have the mole water. I don't give a hell about the berserks. I just want the mole water. Is it because it's called a mole mortar? Because that the squats had it. It was a mole mortar. Oh, it was a mortar. They had it, not because it was a mortar that shot underground oh, that's and weird. tunneled towards you, and then came up. That's what it still does. <laughs> anyway, the, the 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 thunderkin are fine. I don't think they're particularly. I think they are a good, solid, arguably better than solid devastator squad. Because I'll put this to you: Dark Reapers are thirty points a model. And these guys are better than Dark Creepers. These guys are 35 points a model and are more wounds with a better save, can move and shoot without penalty because they're exo armor, Um, have more wounds per point by a considerable margin. They're they're not wearing exo armor. They're wearing an exo frame, which is slightly different. But yeah, they do still get that because it's exo. Yeah. Um, And their guns... are significantly better than the Reaper launches because of Armour of Contempt. Yeah. Dark Reapers are 30 points a model. What the hell? Or another great example, Havocs. Oh, no. Same problem. Same problem, yeah. These are too cheap. When you compare them to the equivalent units in other armies, these are too cheap. I think that the Havocs are, what, they're a couple points? Either at the same price or a couple points cheaper. I think you're going to be very un- unhappy when I tell you how many points they are. You, have to, I, you definitely have to pay for the guns, though. It's like 10 points to swap it out. That's part of the issue. Havoc. He's putting it in the Warhammer app now. 25 points a model base. Yeah, so it's 35 with upgraded guns. From- and when you take them stock, the auto cannons are zero. They yeah. do actually start with this order, two auto cannons, which are zero, and two las cannons, which are five. So you can just go auto cannons yeah. to keep them at 25 points a model. But they move one more because mm. the Thunder can only move five. Three plus, three plus. Same, same. Strength. Four on a Havoc. Five on a Thunderkin. Thunderkin. T5 for both. Yep. The Havocs are two wounds. The Three. Three. The Havocs are three attacks. Two. A leadership eight and three plus. Um, yep, eight and three plus. Uh, Chaos gets armor contempt. They get armor contempt on steroids. Yep. So they no rerolls against these guys. And if you go with the um, even just the basic bolt cannons, I think the um, the Thunderkin outshoot the Havocs pretty comfortably. Yeah. Because the Havocs also have to pay for a dude, five dudes, one of, one of which doesn't to, have a gun. Like you can give him a plasma gun, but it's not worth it at that point. So you're paying 125 points for the Havoc squad. 
for three of those, there are 105? Um, yeah. Yeah. So for four of those... You're out shooting a Havoc Squad. Easy. For like 10 points more. And this is what I mean. The whole book is just too cheap. When you compare them... And I know that you should never compare cross-codexes. But the fact that these exist in a situation like this, where the only reason you're not taking them is because the land fortress is too good... And if the land fortress wasn't there, you would take three units of these guys. That shouldn't be the reason you're not taking something. No, exactly. That's the problem. So let's move on to the giant elephant turtle-shaped thing in the room. The land fortress. It's called a hecaton land fortress. Yeah. What is that? A unit of measurement? A hecaton? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, so it comes with four bolt think. cannons, an auto cannon. Oh and and then the main gun, which you pick the from. The ion or the rail cannon. Or the conversion beamer. Or the conversion beamer, yeah. It's, it doesn't fit in the little circle frame it's in. It's like So it's T8, 16 wounds, 2-up armor. Carries 10 models. Exo frame counters 3, exo armor counters 2. Yeah. Is it 12 models or 10 models? It might be 12. Um, It would be in transport capacity, wouldn't it? It might be 12. Yep, carries 12, sorry. And then it comes with a scanning array that you'll always take because it's just, it ignores light cover. The panspectral scanner, which, yeah. Is it dense cover or light cover? Light. So that's awesome. Uh, you can swap them for one-shot missiles, and you might do for a laugh. There's one of the one-shot missiles that's like strength 10, flat 4 damage. and Oh, the Kin's Wrath 4. No, the not... There's one of them that's Mountain the Breaker. The Mountain Breaker. Yeah. Strength 10, neg 3, 6 damage, but you can only shoot it once. Is it D6 shots or is it one shot? Um, It's one shot. Yeah. So you get one shot. It's, one, just, it's just not worth it. One time. It would be really funny if you hit it. The light armor's just... The, the ignoring light cover's just too good. It's like the Necron Doom Orbs. It yep. like shoots a hole through time and you're like, well, that was really useful once. Yeah. Um, You can upgrade all the bolt cannons to ion can, um, ions as well. Yep, those cyclic iron cannons. Yep. And then... So fully loaded with the cyclic ions and the rail rifle, the rail cannon, it's I think two hundred and fifty points fully loaded. It's um, too cheap, and that's significantly that's too cheap. Coming with every unit that we've seen in the book so far, this thing should be three hundred points just, just to kick it off. How many points is a land raider? I, like as you said, two sixty-five, two eighty-five. We'll go with the with the Chaos Space Marine one because it's the most recent. What's the most recent? Yeah. Yeah. Um, land. And the best because it's T9. If you want to see for chaos, bizarrely, uh, Chaos Land Radar 265. So, this is much it is, better than a Land Radar. It is 15 Radar points cheaper. cheaper. <laughs> um, it has. It's got a bigger transport capacity. It's got better guns. Like, Is it move 10? Yes. Yeah, so, so chaos, chaos Land Radar is move 10. Weapon skill 6, ballistic skill 3, which yep. I think is the same. Strength 8. Yep. T9 here. T8. 16 wounds, 6 yep. attacks. Mm -hmm. Leadership 9, 2 up save. Yep. But so, the guns on this are better than that. Well, you've got to remember as well, this thing, both of them get armor of contempt, but that one gets it on steroids because it gets no rerolls to wound and no rerolls to damage. Yeah, so... And then, yeah, like the... The problem with the gun comparison is you're comparing a twin heavy bolter which you can have just a twin bolt, like two bolt cannons on this. But then you've got the 
the quad las versus the two ion plus the auto cannon plus whatever the main gun is and the elephant in the room is the rail cannon because you're going to be taking you, the rail cannon because you, of the- I can see a, a tiny argument for a conversion beamer with a mirror. That's just because you like conversion beamers. It is partly. <laughs> but there's also a way of doubling the hits up. So you can actually deal like four uh, four hits at four damage or something per unit. Is that with the um, stratagem? Have a look at the rules for that conversion beamer. Um, uh, each time attack is made with this weapon, if it hits the unit that was... No, that's just a conversion beamer rules for an additional hit. Yeah, but look at the... So how many shots is it? Uh, two. Yep. Eight, snake three at four damage. So so it fires twice. It's a beam weapon. Oh, yeah, it is a beam weapon. So, so it's going to hit a lot of things. Right. And then it's getting four hits per unit at four damage. That, okay, yeah, it's that, quite that a, is an argument Is it a beam? It. I think it's is it it beam? Is a beam. Weapon. Yeah, so I actually think... And there's a way of making the mortal wounds with Amir because of beam weapons from memory. I might be wrong on that one. Don't quote me on that one, internet. Um, They're going to quote you, but the conversion beamer. I actually think that has it has potential play, because if you can line up a shot that goes through three or four squads, that... it just goes dead, 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 dead. <laughs> what the hell was that? Because <laughs> it's neg three four damage. Yeah, neg three four at like, strength eight. Yeah, it's it's a good gun. I think the rail cannon still pips it though. The rail cannon picks a target and removes it from the table. Yeah. It doesn't do it reliably without judgment tokens because the the damage overflow is what spikes it. If it picks... And this is the thing. Like, if you point both those guns at a knight, the railgun wins every time. Yeah. If you point it at a squad, or you know, well, obviously a single squad, you've got a potential of 16 damage from the conversion beamer versus 12 from the railgun. The difference is that the railgun can kill 12 models. The conversion beamer can only kill four because, because of the damage overflow. Like... So the conversion the conversion beamer is a consistent number that if you can cross it over multiple units, will do consistent damage across the game. The rail cannon just picks a target and goes, whatever that is, if I can make those, those sixes to wound happen, you die. You just do. That's, that's the end of the conversation. For the profile on that tank... The, the, the basic version of that tank should start at 250, not 200. I think it starts at 210 or something dumb. Like when you can, when you look at it compared to the Chaos Land Raider at 265, what does it start at? 230. So 230, really it needs to be 250 or 260. Like honestly, that's what it needs to be. The ion guns, I think you just take, and I think they're five points a gun. Yep. Which is fine. Because you're upgrading from a three-shot bolt cannon. So that's fine. What about the heavy weapons? You don't pay for them. You only pay if you want to give them warheads. You don't pay for the railgun? Not at all. What? It's <laughs> it's 10 points if you want to give it one of the warheads, oh, I guess. dumb. And so it they've... just comes with a scanning array. You, it's not an option. And you, you don't pay for it. the auto cannon either? No. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so it's just better than a Chaos Rhino. Oh, it's so dumb. Not Chaos Land Raider, even. So, 230 base really needs to be 260 base, including the bolt cannons and the auto rifle, auto cannon. Five points for each of the separate guns. What's the basic turret weapon on it? Because it starts with one, and then you can swap it for the beamer or the rail gun, can't you? 
Um, so it starts with the iron cannon, the auto cannon, and the spectral scanner and bolt cannons. Yep. What, so the main gun's the ion cannon? Yep. And what's that profile? The 8 neg 2, 2 damage. Blast. And D3, D3 plus 3 shots. Oh, sorry. D, 3 D3 shots. Okay, so it's an okay gun. But... So I think including that in the base profile at 260 is still probably too cheap. But then you'd also still have to pay for the weapons you're putting on that's, it. And that's my point. Like... I feel like that tank with the four bolt cannons and the ion and the auto cannon, that's actually probably equivalent to the chaos because the chaos las cannons aren't las cannons anymore. They're the soul shatter las cannons. They're eight damage las cannons, not six. Yeah, which is good. Um, so I think the base version of that vehicle needs to be around the 260 mark before you upgrade before the main guns upgrades. and the ions. The ions stay at five points, that's fine. The reality is that conversion beamer probably needs to be 20... 25 points and the reality is that railgun probably needs to be 35 or 40 like that should be a 300 point vehicle fully loaded and it's just not and it's 250 like it's 50 points too cheap fully loaded 50 points at least yeah it's nuts it is such a good vehicle because when you stack that with a Grimnir not the Grimnir the Iron Priest who can heal yeah, it heals it you... and then with the Forge Master can ignore wounds and you can't damage the thing and as soon as you do <sighs> it's it footprint is big I think from the photos in the Codex it's big it's not little like, we, we haven't seen it in person yet no we haven't, we haven't got a model of it but it looks big I'm, I'm if that does not go up points to the high 200s absolute minimum, I think there's something going on. But then again, and this, I suppose, segues nicely into what we wanted to talk about, it's all well and good chucking points values up. I actually think part of the boogeyman with this book actually resides in the judgment tokens. And we've seen a lot of that with the maths going, oh my God, if you've got three judgment tokens, then this happens and that happens. We mucked around with some maths today while we were kind of chewing through this book and discussing the the hows and whys. The reality isn't... When you actually put a list together, the reality of getting three tokens or something and it being meaningful is actually kind of... It's certainly not as common as you might think. Like the... We were talking about um, Chaos Space Marine Possessed that are in my my list at the moment. So T5, three wounds, three up, five up, armor of contempt. Yeah. And... The the damage spike on them when you're shooting at them with, say, six spikes with auto cannons at 24 inches, because any closer you're just getting charged, mm. um, you go from kind of eight wounds to 10 wounds, which you're still saving on threes. Like, you basically lose a, lose two possessed either way, and then the question is, do you lose a third? Uh, sorry, do you wound a third? Now, admittedly, the three wound thing is kind of a an oddity, because not too many things are three wounds. So there's a lot of two yeah. wound stuff. But the, the actual maths around um around the judgment tokens, it only becomes a significant spike in damage when the gun's wounding on fives. Or sixes, or it procs a rule on a six. Because that's when it has the most effect of yeah. counting as a six. So if you're already wounding something on twos, I think it's an eight percent efficiency increase for three judgment tokens compared to none. Yeah, I think we we came. It was like eight, eleven, and fifteen. Like if you if you're wounding something on fours already, um, the judgment tokens essentially give you about a fifteen percent boost. When you go to wounding something on fives, though, it doubles it. 
you basically deliver twice as many wounds as you should. Because of the... But one of the things that I think hasn't been taken into account with a lot of the other things I've seen online is gaining judgment tokens isn't as easy as they make it out to be. Like, there's a lot of ways to do it, but... Well, we were talking about the way your army plays the table. Um, Because you basically pick up a token for performing an action, performing a psychic action, um, for killing uh, a Votan unit. They're the three core ways. Then at the end of each of your opponent's turns, if they have a unit on an objective, like within range of an objective, um, you can pick one unit to get a judgment token. Uh, the Carl in your command phase, as long as he can draw a line of sight to something, he can give it a judgment token. Which is pretty good. Um, the high Carl upgrade lets you, I think if you kill something, you can give it a, give another unit a judgment token. Like you kind of give it the evil eye after you murder something. But he has to do it. Um, where is it? The high Carl. And units will be doing these things. But Each time a high Carl model destroys an enemy unit, if that unit had one or more judgment tokens, you can select one enemy unit that is visible to gain a judgment token. Um, and there's a warlord trait that you can use your grim efficiency ability one additional time. So you can actually hand out two tokens instead of one. You still have to see the enemy. And I think people are not taking into account that obscuring exists and line Walls. of sight blocking exists. Now, there are going to be some things like Mortarian or Magnus that you, you're going to struggle to hide. Knights, like big knights. Sucks to be you. Um, and yes, like the Great Aetherian League counts as one extra judge. Assuming you have at least one token, you count as one extra token. There's that sort of thing that can happen. But the reality is that if your opponent, when they're picking their secondaries um, and they're playing with your judgment tokens in mind they can actually mitigate a lot of the tokens that you're going to hand out. And, like, your Possessed are a great example of that. Turn one, they're not performing actions, generally speaking. They probably They're won't. probably not near an objective, and they haven't killed anything. So, in my turn, I hand them a token, which, virtually, unless I'm shooting... Unless I've got some way of guaranteeing sixes, like using... Um, uh, great, greater third. Uh, what's his name? The the destined, yeah, so where he can modify info, a dice. I think his name was. The rail cannon's not overflowing damage against them reliably. There's. You really need the third, to- the three tokens for that railgun to pop off. And I keep looking at it, going by the time that I can put three tokens, and it's because you've probably murdered at least one unit with those possessed. By the time you cop your third token, they've done what they needed they've done to do. Their job at that point. So I keep seeing these posts about, oh, you know, you're just going to get shot off the table turn one. And I keep looking at, like, and we had some interstate players tell us at WATC that our boards were light. And and they had eight obscuring pieces of terrain on every board, plus forests, plus craters, plus in most cases containers as well. And they were light. Apparently. Now, we, the Games Workshop tables, are definitely lighter in terms of volume, but they have those big 12-inch obscuring blocks. Which is definitely something that needs to be taken into account when you're considering an army which is has a lot of shooting. Like Well, even things do. like the beam weapons. Obscuring stops the to, beam. You need to be able to see the things behind It needs stuff. to be an eligible target, yeah. So... I keep looking at the judgment tokens and things going, yeah, look, if I can put three tokens on something, that's going to be scary. And then I did the maths and I went, okay, I get three tokens on a unit of, of possessed. 
and I shoot them with 10 Hearthkin with ion, the two damage ion rifles. And the efficiency goes up. Like it goes from, I think it was six saves to seven or seven to eight. Like it's, it's negligible because unless I'm only wounding you on fives or sixes... Then there's the 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 percentage spike is a, an extra wound here and there a lot of unless again unless there's something procking on a six, um, it's when you're only wounding on fives or sixes that the the spike in the amount of wounds you deal goes up is massive. So against knights, yeah, those little hearth can suddenly go yeah stuff you man we we only wound you on fives or you know fives normally now we're wounding you on fours to hit. We dodge the fives to wound entirely, so our ten shots go seven hits, but four of those are auto wounds. Suddenly, your 10 shots get five wounds on a knight, and the knight goes, what the hell was that? Little dwarf Not menace. two wounds, five. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Something's not right here. Um, and that's where the spikes happen. It's not... If you put down 100 cultists in front of this army, or poxwalkers, 100 poxwalkers, uh, five units of 20, and I get three tokens turn one on a unit poxwalkers, you know what happens to them? They die. Nothing. The actual spike, unless I'm shooting you with a railgun. Oh, I, I, I assumed you were, because, like, you'd... But it, even if I'm shooting you with a railgun, you still get feel no pain against the railgun. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I'm going to average it out, and let's say I roll that four to hit. Cool, now it's 2d3 2D plus six. You're going to take ten damage. You're going to save two or three of them. And then there's ways of bringing them back, be it killing other units or spending CP. Now... The only reason that Proxen does anything remotely interesting is the three judgment tokens. But if I'm shooting you with Hearthkin, the three judgment tokens mean that I'm going to get an extra wound or two. Like it's... Because I'm already wounding you on threes. The spike is about 11%. Which is not... It's an extra wound every five shots, six shots. If I've got 10 shots, I'm probably getting one or two extra wounds that I shouldn't normally get. But even that's being... Yeah, like... And I can, and I know that I'm down, it sounds like I'm downplaying it, and I sh it's not, because there are certainly a number of weapons that when you get those auto sixes to wound, like the rail weapons... Or the conversion beamers. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of like combat weapons that you don't really want to have roll six, like the, um, the sword of Uther the Destined. Or on the berserkers. So there are definitely procs of sixes that are bad. Don't get me wrong. But the idea that this army is just going to shoot you off the board is a bit of a fallacy. Because even the railguns, getting three tokens on something turn one is kind of awkward. Particularly with line of sight being required. And I think that the range on everything in the, the army also impacts the table. Like if you're playing diagonals or you're playing short edge to short edge like a hammer and anvil style game... It's going to be really annoying for these because they're not shooting turn one essentially you can deploy far enough back that they just won't shoot turn one they just wouldn't be able to no and if you've got like a, a combat army that moves fast and you're doing you can essentially dodge an entire turn of shooting and take control of the game you'll take one volley and then be there even if you go second yeah and this kind of plays into the third part of the equation with the judgment tokens is actually the way you build an army for the um, for the, the Votan. Part of the issue actually lies in the... The biggest issue is the fast attack. If we, is... if we can accept the fact that you're going to run two land fortresses pretty much every time you run Votan. I think two is the minimum that you take of land fortresses. There'll be people who run three. I bet money on it. 
I think two is a good safe number where you're not investing too many points in them. You can still fill them with units and you're still going to get the big guns that you need to really support the army. I think two is a number that is going to be... Particularly if I think... I reckon they're going to be like 165 bucks each. <laughs> like the same as a Spartan. Yeah. I don't think they'll be as big as a Spartan, but I'm, definitely bigger than a Land Raider. I'm still saying Spartan. Um, so you take two land, two ion equipped land fortresses because in my mind the ions are, are the, the multi damage is important 250 500 points cool now if we stick to a patrol we only have to take one troop choice but it also means we only have two fast attack choices and we know we want to take bikes because the bikes are fast obsec and we also want to take sagittar so we can't really stick like that so now we have to take a second patrol which means another troops choice or a battalion, which means another, another troops choice. Another, another troops choice. And to get the most out of them, they're either having to go in the land fortresses or you need more Sagittar, which kind of compounds the problem. And let's assume, for argument's sake, you go double patrol and you take two squads of Hearthkin with... Oh, let's keep them cheap and just go two squads of 10 with no upgrades at 110 points a squad with the bolt guns. And you take two Sagittar for each squad... So, again, with the cheapest option. So, they're 330 points for the two tanks and the squad. So, 660 points for the four vehicles plus the two squads and another 500 points for the two land fortresses. We're already close on 1,200 points. We still haven't got any HQs. We need two of those. The cheapest option is 150 points. Actually, that's not true. 140. You could take two Carls because you've got two detachments. That is true, yeah. But you wouldn't you would take a Carl and then you're probably, because you're running land fortresses, you're probably taking our 80-point friend with his munchkins to repair them. It's five ablative wounds. Yeah, so 150 points. We're now 1,400, 1,450, somewhere in that space. We've still got two, two fast attack choices and we want bikes. Because they are fast, obsec, and tough. And they shoot well. Even if we just go two squads of three, that's still another 200 points out the door. We're now at over 16, 1650, something like that. Now, we could go berserks and we could put them in the land fortress. We don't have enough to go two full squads of 10 for the land fortresses. So we could go a squad of 10, but then we can't combat squad them because we've got no Sagittar. So and that... we really want to have the combat squads on the troops choices to maximize our scoring opportunities. Or we could put one of those squads of 10 in the land fortress and then combat squad the berserks. But that that literally loses a scoring unit. And, I think and then we still haven't talked about where... the Thunderkin or the Exo Armor or the Grimnir or the Champion. Like, I think that's part of where the limitations come from with, the, with this as an army. That transport is really cleverly... They, they, Give them like there's some criminal rules in this book, but the the way that Sagittaire has been placed in fast attack and the way its rules work, that was smart. Is really clever because you're forced into a position where you go, I really want to run these things. I really want to run six of them so I can run three squads of ten or combat squatted. But then I need three fast attack choices, and I still want to run bikes. Am I willing to spend three CP on an outrider detachment to get the bikes that I want? Uh, and even then, to get the three squads of Sagittar, 
and the three troops choices that still patrol alongside it. So I've spent three CP straight away. I haven't got a Warlord trait or a Relic or anything yet, and there are some good Warlord traits and Relics. Like, for example, if you take a Carl, upgrade him to a High Carl, then you want the Warlord trait that lets him use his Grim, Grim Ancestry twice. Because that's a so that's that you're going to be So that's another CP. So now I'm down to two CP, and I haven't got a Relic yet. This is sort of the problem I was running into, where there's like a bunch of good things you want to pick and not really... Yeah enough CP, at least with the 60 piece thing they've got going on at the moment. See, I desperately want to run the exosuits. The um, the Hearthguard. But there's no good way of slotting them in. They're, for a full squad of 10, you're, you're talking about 350 points. And... And that's, that's I don't, I don't know how to And I don't know how to put them in. Like, I, I... In my head, I'm going, okay, I'll take two squads of troops, and I'll take four Sagittar, which brings the points down, which means I don't... I can go a patrol, not a... Which saves me a CP because I can do double patrol instead of patrol and outrider, and I can still go two land fortresses and I still go two HQs and I still run out of points. And everything is still underpointed, so like if when they fix it, it'll just get even harder. Yeah, and that's the thing when I look at what I'm putting on the table to shoot you off the table with three judgment tokens. Outside of the rail guns, I, I. Don't get me wrong, the railguns are exceptionally horrible. If you have three judgment tokens and I point a railgun at you, you're probably about to have a very bad day because I can make it hit on twos, I can give it four rerolls to hit, I can fish, for, like I can roll a three, hit you, and then reroll it fishing for that four. Like, I could roll a one, but <laughs> you're going to fish for that four because the overflow damage on the railgun is horrific. Is what makes it worth it. Without the, I would argue that without the Magna Rail rule of the overflow damage, if you just had a Strength 14, Neg 4, 2d3 plus 6 damage, ignores invulnerable main gun, if you took away the overflow rule, there's nothing wrong with that gun. If it was just a one-shot boomstick that was a slightly worse version of the Tau Rail gun, no one would bat an eyelid. Not with three judgment tokens. It wouldn't matter. Oh, yeah. The only reason the Magna Rail rifle, rail Cannon is dumb is the Overflow. If it didn't have Overflow, no one would care. You'd actually see people taking the Conversion Beamer. And there's, because that, the, the Overflow is what makes it worth taking at that point. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, the Ignore Invulnerable and Neg 4 means that you can point it at a tank and just take the tank off the table a lot of the time, but not a heavy tank. You're going to severely damage a heavy tank or... Destroy or destroy one. a light tank. Um, 2d3 plus 6 means it's averaging 10 damage. So it picks a rhino and just takes it off the table. Yeah, you bonk a land raider and kill a rhino. Yeah. Or kill a rhino. So it's only the damage overflow, honestly, that makes the railgun so scary. And that's part of... Well, this kind of segues into what we were I talking about. One of my suggestions to fix this codex, other than points hikes, and I don't think... If you implement these changes, you don't need to implement a lot of the points hikes. Don't get me wrong, the Iron Master still needs to go up. Uh, <laughs> 80 points is insane. <laughs> even with the But it doesn't need to go up as much as I suggest, because part one of the changes is to Void Armor. Void so Armor we'll start, should only affect things in Void Armor. Well, yeah. We'll start with the Railgun first, though. Because the rule already has that damage overflow, just cap it at three. Three wounds, not three models. Because, to me, it makes sense that if I point a Railgun at a squad of cultists that I shoot the first one and the three mates behind him get splattered by shrapnel, bone, and the actual pro like projectile. 
But like, if I've got a squad of ten of them all spread out, it shouldn't like bounce around like Captain America's no, shield. Exactly, it shouldn't play pinball with them. So cap the the damage overflow at three wounds. Instantly, the two rail guns don't feel scary As anymore. Scary, like they're still good. But they're, they're still not. dangerous, but you're not killing. You're not shooting a one round shot and killing ten cultists. Like <laughs> that are all stood apart from that, one that another. Are, they're not all two, two inches apart. Yeah, <laughs> cap it at three. That's an easy fix. You kill four cultists with it. That feels okay. It also means that the conversion beamer, which can also kill four cultists, there's a reason for taking it. Because you're not you're not losing anything there. You're trading a full-blown anti-tank gun for a beam weapon that can hit multiple units. And now you have a genuine choice. Do, do I want to go anti-tank or do you want to go Do I want to go here's 10, 12 damage on one target, or do I want to hit multiple targets? That's a genuine choice. That's a good thing. Because there isn't, you don't want to be at a point where there's just something you can... You, oh, this is just better. I'll pick it every time. Yeah. It also means, when you think about it, the ion cannon at strength 8, neg 2, flat 2 with 3d3 shots... Is still... You kind of actually look at that going, oh, you know, that that doesn't feel bad taking it. Especially if they make you pay for the other guns. Yes, Exactly. Because that still goes. Oh, that's still a viable option. If I, I, don't I can have just to... take the ion cannon. If I just want the land fortress as a transport, I cannot take the ion the ion turrets. Leave it with the bolts. Keep the ion cannon on the top to keep it cheap, and put it on the table at two sixty five. And that sounds a lot more reasonable. Yeah. Um, whereas if I want all the toys, yeah, I pay the points and I get the cool stuff. So stop the overflow that way. The second thing is void armor. First of all, anyone who's not wearing it doesn't get it. Like so, the, the pioneer, the pioneers don't get it. The berserks don't get it. The grimnir doesn't get it, and the iron priest doesn't get it because they're not because they're not the literally not wearing void armor. <laughs> they're literally wearing coats, or in the berserks' case, tank tops. Some of them aren't even wearing that. <laughs> no, they're just wearing their trousers. So for me, that's an easy one to just turn around and go. Yeah, we're going to remove void armor from those units. Now, if you take that away, particularly from the characters and even the berserks, the, it's it, there's a knock-on effect as well because the other change would be to void armor again, which would be to remove the to wound roll penalty. So void armor would still reduce your AP by one, but even then, I would change it in retrospect. So let's rewrite entirely void armor. Void armor reduces the AP of an incoming attack by one if that attack is a minus two, minus one attack. So... It doesn't work against minus three or greater. Because those things... You, if you're getting shot with an artillery round... Yeah, you're getting shot with an anti-tank gun or a, a weapon that is designed to punch through vehicles and like heavy targets, your the space, space suit is not yeah. going to protect you. So turn it into like Yandan. Where the the like the, the craft word rule, which is reduce the AP of an incoming attack by one if the AP is minus two or less. Cool. Second thing we do is it only stops you rerolling damage. Now I'm actually okay with it not rerolling damage. Firstly, because no one has any inbuilt reroll damage rules. Like you're not paying for it on a space marine lieutenant or for doom or anything like that. Um, and secondly, because I feel like a void suit would have redundancies in place to make sure that... If it gets damaged, the... Then the, the occupant doesn't just immediately turn inside out. Because they're in space and that's a precaution that they would need to have realistically. Yeah, so give back rerolls to wound. 
if void armor was literally reduce the AP by one to a maximum of neg two, and no rerolls to wound, uh, no rerolls to damage, you could actually leave it on everything at that point. It would be fine. I wouldn't because it's not void armor. But also because it would mean that I would feel less bad about leaving Berserks at 22 points. Yeah. And I would feel less bad about leaving the Grimnar at 80. Because at that point... Not the the iron guy, though. He still probably needs a 10. At that point, it's only 10 or 20 points, not 40 or 50. Um, I think Void Armor is actually a really big problem. The last change, though, is Judgment Tokens. No unit can gain more than one Judgment Token in one battle round. Done. The end. And that, that change, ignoring everything else, ignoring points, ignoring Vord armor, ignoring the railgun, if you just, in the match play data sheet, go, no unit can gain more than one judgment token per battle round. That fixes the army. The internet psychosis goes away. Everyone takes off their murder glasses murder glasses well that's what everyone's wearing at the moment we're banning them we're not playing with them you know i'm just if you rock up to a table with them i'm just gonna shake your hand say gg you win and then walk away i'm not even gonna play a game get over yourselves that's the opposite of like rose tinted nostalgia yeah, glasses it's murder glasses <laughs> but if honestly if every unit could only get one judgment token per battle round not turn battle, battle round, round which means that you're not having a unit get three tokens before turn three yeah, that and that really changes the it way also that they means play that but it also think about the theme the dwarves rock up to the table they're a bit grumpy you're there so you start getting tokens you're still freaking here turn two here's some more tokens get off my space lawn we're now in the middle of the battle on turn three and you're still here now we're pissed <laughs> here's your third tokens now we're gonna ramp it up and at that point and then we start killing things and then we either die or we win <laughs> That's how most battles go. We either die or we win. But my point is, from a dwarf's point of view, like it actually makes sense that they get grumpier and angrier as the, the like they judge you more and more and more for right. not for not Rather playing blind rage immediately. Yeah, and I think that fixes a lot of the issue. Like if this book had come out and said each unit can only gain one judgment token per battle round, we wouldn't have the hysteria that we have. You would still have situations like with the Great Aetherian League who could count it as two tokens in turn one. And three in turn two, but you're having to. Bad day. But you're having to build into the Therian League at that point, which means you're not getting the involve saves from Emir and the extra range. You're not getting the combat options of the some of the other ones. You're having to take the generic Greater Therian League, which is okay because that's their benefit. They also do get the name character, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, speaking of him, his rule change, his auto six ability should not be once per battle round. It should be once per game. If it's going to be affect everyone, it's once per game. You don't get to sit behind a railgun and go hit, hit, hit. Oh, it hit by itself. Wound or <laughs> max damage. Like, no. Once per game. Or... Sort of like the Necron Doom Orb I was talking about earlier. Or it only affects him. One of the two. Or you can pick. You can either do it whole game and it's just on No, him. no, no. Let's, let's, let's keep it easy for the masses. The rule is... Only affects him, or once per battle, once per game, and you change it to one or the other in the core rules, and then you don't get to change it again. It is one of the two, because stood behind a land fortress, he going six to hit, six to hit, six to hit, 
Six to hit. Six to hit. That's five shots of the game where this thing is overspelling damage. Which is not preferable Which based is on dumb. experience. Which is <laughs> dumb. So I think the judgment token thing fixes a lot of the issues. If you just reduce it to a single judgment token per battle round, that actually fixes 85% of the problems. I feel like a combination of like a few of the things that you've suggested would really... If you put all of my suggestions in place, just what I've given you, the, the change to his rule, the rail rule, the void two void changes, or changing the void armor rule and then removing it from some units, and the judgment token thing, the points can stay. Yeah. Like, you don't need to then worry... Like, paying 70 points for a Carl feels fine at that point because you're there going, cool, I can hand out judgment tokens. I have to see something and it can't have a judgment token this turn already. And that adds and if I've, complexity if, to the way that you're playing. And if I actually pick, say I'm going first and I can see you, you know, I go, here's a judgment token. You in your turn awesome. can then go, wow. awesome, I can now move over here, stand on this objective and perform an action no without worrying about judgment suddenly becoming three tokens. Like, that's a good thing because that means as a Votan player, I have to then start thinking about, rather than just throwing tokens out willy-nilly... You need to be more tactical. I don't want to say tactical because that's like... No, but I have to second guess what you're doing and I could potentially be handing out tokens to units that I don't necessarily want to shoot at now, but you also go, oh, they're in a really awkward spot and I have to use that unit to go over there and it hasn't got a token, now it's going to get a token. And I, I was hoping I could bait you into using your token on them, but now you haven't. So now I've got twice as many tokens, whereas I wouldn't have if I'd done it you know, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Sort of. So, so, like, so you've got two units. I don't want to say like a game of cat and mouse, but like... So- well, it is, it's mind games because I'm then looking at it going, I should be... I'm going to kill that unit because they're going to go over an objective and do, a, do, a, do an action. Or, instead of putting a token on them now and just shooting them, I could put a token on that unit instead, knowing that you're going to move on to that objective. That means you're getting a token either way. In your turn... Which means that my second turn, then I can point at them in my second turn and give them a second token. And then, you know what I mean? Like, you can start, you actually start having some choices and tactical decisions to make for who you're allocating tokens to when you get the opportunity to. And by the same token, you as a player by the same token. can turn around and go, cool, this unit's already moved on to objective and performance action. Here's a token, I don't have to think about it. You actually, as an opponent, get some say in who gets tokens as well at that point. You don't have to worry about it stacking to three in turn one because you've moved on to an objective, performed an action. At the end of your turn, I go, cool, here's another token because you're within six of an objective. And then at the start of my turn, I can see you. So here's another token. And now all of a sudden, you've got three tokens and it's my first shooting phase. And that feels That's the like problem. too much. Yeah. <laughs> Everything, if it was just that one thing that was wrong, you can kind of go, eh, that, that's like one. But it's because they've got everything combining and it's just... All of the things going... I don't want to say if going you, wrong. If you like, couldn't have three tokens until turn three, this army is 95% fine. But like the other little... Even things. leaving the void armor as it is, the big, the biggest problem I have with the void armor isn't even giving it to units that aren't wearing armor. The issue is the re- um, no rerolls to wound. And it comes back to what I was saying earlier about the pioneers when you can use a strat to move them no rerolls to hit. And people were getting pissy at Harlequins because of the lights to death, which stopped you rerolls... To, You'd only hit on fours, and then you couldn't re-roll to hit because they've got a built-in rule that says no re-rolls to hit. Um, the no re-rolls to hit thing is a real problem because some armies pay points to re-roll to hit. 
Which, like, through space, space marine captain. captain? Space Marine well, Captain. For hits, it's Captain. Oh. For wounds, though, with Void Armor, it's Lieutenants. Now, I'm going to spin this back to my own perspective as an Eldar player. Guide and Doom are the two most common psychic powers that a Farseer takes. Because they're... Rerolls to hit and rerolls to wound. I pay premium price for a Farseer to get access to those powers. And if I'm at a tournament, I have to pick those pre-event. Because you can't pick them before the battle. If I come into the game and you have a Votan bike unit that pops that strat, I can guide it to Doom and all the rest of it and there's nothing I can do about it. I don't get my rerolls and I've had to pay 100 and something points for the Farseer and pass two warp charge abilities and not be denied and be in range and you just go no how, what what how is that okay and the, it knocks on for every army because we're talking about Abaddon he Abaddon in Black Legion or for himself his four rerolls to hit and four rerolls to wound for Black Legion Votan says no I'm sorry you, the war master of chaos. And you have to you are paying for that ability in his cost. It's in his profile. Yeah, you have to pay for that as part of him. It's one of his abilities. Yeah. So you there he's intrinsically his cost includes that as an ability. Same now you have an ability that does nothing. Space Marine it's Space Marine it's Lieutenant. A, a lieutenant, yeah. yeah. Do you want to know what's really funny? Hmm? An Emir champion for Votan versus another Votan army, you don't get his own rule. Which he gives rerolls to wound. The problem at yeah. that point. <laughs> I'm paying ninety points for champions whose rule doesn't work. <laughs> I don't. I would rather them to like. Even if you wanted to keep something like that wound thing in there, give them mini transhuman. Like ones and twos can't wound you. But don't get rid of rerolls, which people are no having like, to pay points cert- to use. Like storm guardians aren't exactly like showing the world like setting the world on fire but a serpent shield on a storm guardian squad means you can only wound them on three plus but it's still something give that that to them yeah that if you said void armor was can only be wounded on threes and was armor of contempt it'd still be really powerful but it wouldn't be as powerful as it is and i feel like this threes with a reroll is still fine threes without a reroll sucks Fours without a reroll sucks more. Because at that point, it's a 50-50. Yeah. And when you look at the toughness on the Votan units and the psychic powers, like you can get a Land Fortress to T10. I think. I think. Oof. Hang on, that psychic power. Can you cast it on a Land Fortress? If the answer is yes. Then it, yeah, we need to add core keywords and shit to things. <laughs> um, okay, so it's only a core or character within 12. So that's okay. good. You can't do that. Um, let's just see what a core and character. Just either of those keywords. My prediction is everything that's not a vehicle. Othar the Destined. Yeah. Carl. Yeah. Champion. Yeah. Grimnir. Yeah. Iron Master. Mm. Uh, Hearthkin Warriors. Yeah. Hearthguard. Okay. Berserks. Okay. Uh, this was. Uh, Pioneers. Also, even the bikers. Sagittarius, no. Uh, Thunderkin, yes. Land Fortress, no. So, so it's literally everything, everything other than but the vehicles. vehicles. <laughs> I thought the bikes wouldn't be included in that. So now we can have a unit of bikes that would be T6, minus one to hit, no rerolls to hit, no rerolls to wound, no rerolls for damage, with a four plus armor, with minus one for your AP, and if they're uh, Emir, a five up in vol. 
Good luck. That feels like a bit too much. <laughs> like, what's, what is this? You thought Harlequins had jank? What the hell is that? It's <laughs> um, just uh... insane. And this has been the really hard part for us with this book. When I first started reading it, I thought, oh, you know, this looks okay. Like, it, it feels like a really good, solid book with some good stuff. And then I, the more I read about it and the more I looked through the rules and kind of started thinking about how it played on the table, the more I went, what? <laughs> and then all the numbers, like, um, you got to hand it to Goonhammer who did all the, the data stuff. And that all plays out based on like our conversations and what we've been working through over the last week and it is and like we said at the start of this episode it is um biased because it doesn't take into account line of sight and range and the problems with building an actual list a functioning list it still doesn't change the fact that i can put two or three tokens on most units turn one if those circumstances are correct it is it isn't easy it is possible and it shouldn't be possible. It shouldn't be possible. And that's probably, more than anything else, the issue. Because if I couldn't get you to three tokens until turn three, the railguns don't seem that scary anymore. Because if it's only on sixes to hit or fives to hit, it's only a one in three or a one in six. Which isn't as bad at that point. No. And like I say, Othar the Destins thing needs to be changed to make sure you can't just do it every turn. Because um, I think we're going to be seeing that a lot. Um, and you know that, and killing him is going to be a pain as well, especially with the one damage thing. What? Yeah, three up, four up, Ooh. with no rerolls to wound, no rerolls to damage. Not that you would reroll to damage because it's one anyway. One d that you charge him with like a squad of chaos space marines or assault. Yeah, you just chip him point. to you death. Chip him to death. Yeah, I'm thinking warp spiders deep striking in. And just yeah, going, here's a million shots. That'll do it at that point. Yes. Yeah. There's no point hitting him with like a couple thunder hammers or... No. Anyway. We should wrap up though. That's some of our thoughts on the... Um, on the Leagues of Votan. It's a cool aesthetic. It's got some cool rules and stuff. But I think there are areas... There's room for improvement. Definitely. <laughs> Alright. Um, we'll see you again for the next episode. Yeah. Whenever, whatever that may be. Yep. But... Uh, we're out of here. Thanks for listening and happy gaming. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Objective Secured Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can visit our website, objectivesecured.com.au. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook forward slash Objective Secured, or you can email us, obsec at optusnet.com.au. Thanks for listening. <laughs>